Welcome back to Pod19, the weekly coronavirus podcast from Ghana that brings you bite-sized information on all things COVID-19. I'm Vrishani Ragbe, your host, and thank you so much for joining us this week. Let me just say, there is so much to talk about this week with all that's been happening. On Tuesday, Ghana receives more than 146,000 doses of the US-made Pfizer vaccines, and these should be enough to immunize children aged 12 to 18 years old. And then by Thursday, the rollout of those vaccines for children got on the way. And on Friday, it was confirmed that a number of schools, including our nursery, primary and secondary schools, would reopen for face-to-face classes on September 6. Now, September 6 is when the academic year begins. During that time, too, there were protests over what has been deemed a coercive stance on vaccination. But more recently, former Speaker of the National Assembly and Attorney at Law, Ralph Ramkran, has come out to say that the government is actually acting lawfully to institute vaccination and testing requirements. So let's just get right into it. As I mentioned in my last podcast, the safe reopening of schools has been a focus of the Education Ministry for the past year, if not much longer. While perhaps all children being engaged virtually is ideal within the context of the COVID-19 pandemic, that is necessarily not the most practical thing in Guyana's context. Tablets, textbooks, worksheets, and so on have been distributed to supplement online learning, but the geographical challenges complicated by certain disparities such as access to reliable internet and even electricity means that virtual learning disadvantages some groups of children. And so the decision has been made to reopen schools for face-to-face learning. At a recent press conference, it was announced that a small number of schools will make a full return, while the remaining hundreds of schools would operate on a shift system. This shift system means that some levels will attend school on specific days and times of the week, and some amount of virtual engagement will continue. Now, each school, every single school across Guyana, has its own individualized plan, and specific plans for the reopening of each school can be found on the Ministry of Education's website at education.gov.gy. Now, UNICEF representative to Guyana, Mr. Nicholas Prawn, says that the reopening of schools is necessary, but it must also include other measures. Here is Mr. Prawn speaking at a recent press conference. I wish to recommend three key priorities for recovery in schools. One, targeted programs to bring all children and youth back in school where they can access tailored services to meet their learning, health, psychosocial well-being, and other needs. Two, effective remedial learning strategies to help students catch up on lost learning. Three, support for teachers to address learning losses and incorporate digital technology into their teaching. That was Mr. Nicholas Prawn from UNICEF. But that's not all. The reopening of schools is also being done as GAN is rolling out the Pfizer vaccines that were donated by the United States government. These vaccines are being administered to children aged 12 to 18 years old, which is more or less a demographic of children who attend secondary schools. And the rollout has just gotten underway. And as we've seen before with the rollout of the vaccines to adults, the people who want the vaccines, and I mean those parents who are set on getting it to protect their children, are rushing to get the vaccines. Previously though, with the rollout of the vaccines in adults, we saw that there was a lull or a slowing down when those adults who wanted the vaccines had already been inoculated. Thereafter, the challenge became convincing those who were hesitant or outright opposed to the vaccines to get vaccinated. So right now, Sunday, August 29, 
there's a massive, massive crowd at the Movie Tong Mall for a drive-through vaccination activity. But perhaps in another few days or even weeks, we will see if there's another lull and how that will be tackled. For now, Minister of Health Dr. Frank Anthony has been emphasizing to parents that the science on the benefits of these vaccines is clear. This is not the time for us to hesitate. This is not the time for us to debate. The science is very clear that vaccines work. And if you were listening to Dr. Alexander, you would have heard how vaccines would have saved millions of lives before. Whether it's persons getting measles, yellow fever, uh, tetanus, and all those things, vaccines have worked. They've saved millions of lives. So we know it's working. And we really want to make sure that we can do this in the quickest possible time. So when we come out to a school, we would really like to see that all the students from that school would have brought their consent from their parents so that we could vaccinate the entire school. And when we vaccinate the entire school, you can come back and we'll have that school being safe for, you know, learning. That was Minister of Health Dr. Frank Antony speaking at the launch of the Pfizer vaccination rollout. Now there's one final thing I want to talk about. The emergence of a well-supported vaccine resistance campaign that has deemed the government's move to institute certain vaccination and testing requirements as forceful and even allegedly unlawful. Just for a quick recap, as per the gazetted COVID-19 emergency measures, which took effect from August 1, 2021, unvaccinated individuals are required to make an appointment before accessing government buildings. This extends to employees. Unvaccinated employees are also being asked to submit the results of a PCR test, which must be done at an approved private medical facility and costs about $20,000 at least every week to verify that they are not infected with the coronavirus. While these measures have been labeled as coercive, it is important to know that COVID-19 vaccination has not been made mandatory. Now, Mr. Ralph Ramgran, who is the former Speaker of the National Assembly, an attorney at law, contends that Ghana's constitution provides for such measures to be taken since the spread of a contagious virus, or disease in this case COVID-19, violates the right to safety. In fact, in his weekly Conversation Tree blog, he argues that the government is actually acting lawfully to require vaccination or for an individual to produce a negative PCR test result. He also wrote that the vaccine resistance violates his right to safety. His contribution is such an important one because there have been speculations and allegations about the government instituted measures. And even if his arguments are not definitive, it has certainly provided some context of very topical matter. For now though, as always, stakeholders across the board agree that education and engagement on these vaccines need to be expanded and intensified. And that's all for this week's episode of Pod19. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, concerns, or comments, please feel free to reach out to us via our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts at Newsroom Guyana. 